Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. All connected. Everything. So the big news on the internet, besides the Vanity Fair cover, of course, um, Charlize Theron, Captain Marvel, you think? Too old? We've talked about this, haven't we? We did, but there was no juice behind it, you know? I, and and I've been more, I hate to say negative, because honestly, I would love to see her in that role. I mean, I think she would nail it and be perfect. Um, The only thing... Like I said before, is I'm just concerned that if you want to sign somebody to a multi-picture deal for a movie that doesn't come out for three more years, um, you know, how is that going to work with somebody in a physically intensive role, you know, really getting started when they're almost 50? Yeah, I I totally get that, you know, but then I look around and it's really, it's cliched, but, you know, 50 is the new 40, 40 is the new 30. I mean, when when you look around, Hugh Jackman... I mean, I guess he's winding it down now at 50 years old. Robert Downey is another good example, but the physicality of the role I don't think has been as much for Iron Man. You yeah. know, being mostly in the CGI suit and everything. Yeah. Although um, she's she's just hit 40. Like, she's not even 40 yet. She's 39. I don't know why I thought she was a little older than that. So, I say let's do it. Let's get Angelina. It's a... It's a Unbelievable uh, uh, dream setup, right? The the rumor that we're talking about. Angelina Jolie directs Charlize Theron as Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Now, have that, you seen her? Have you seen that movie that she directed? Um, was it Unbeatable? Unbreakable? Uh, Unbreakable. Um, this is not the one with Bruce Willis. No. Um, no, I have not seen it. I know people that recommend it up and down and how great it was, and uh, I have not gotten around to it. Unbroken. Sorry, unbroken. People are yelling at their iPods. <laughs> yeah, as we were well. 0 for 3. You know why? Because this is it's all connected, and we don't know facts. <laughs> we just talk. Well, this is a good, this is a talking episode. This is a uh, sort of a random get caught up on rumors and news, and, and so Russ's notes are not as precise as usual, I would I would predict. It's fair to say. Fair to say, but uh, I'm sure he has some. And this is John, and uh, hello again, Russell. Hello. And this is episode 64. Five. Damn. Close. 65. And uh, I think that would make a lot of people happy if that's the Captain Marvel team that was suddenly announced. And hey, if she has trouble with the physicality, she can just do what... Probably most of Hollywood did through the 80s and 90s, which is rampant steroids, <laughs> and nobody will say a word. Yeah, it's funny that I say that, because we watch every week on television 51-year-old Ming-Na Wen kick much ass in that role as Melinda May. Now, granted, I'm sure there's a lot of stunt double stuff going on, but she still does a lot of physical stuff in that role. So I, It's totally doable. We yeah. are ageist jerks. Yeah, I, I just for, I for the 
for the record, I will state that I, in fact, am older than Charlize Theron. So, uh, so my ageism comes with a with a little um, with a little caveat. But no, I I think that would be fantastic. I mean, I can't think of anybody. You know, when you have that image of Captain Marvel in your head, I can't with that suit, especially the new one, not the. You know, not the bikini with the S on it, but the new, like, where it looks like a military uniform suit. I can't think of anyone that would look better in that role. Like, I mean, we've talked about Katie Sackhoff, and, you know, there's been a lot of rumors rolling around. And from a, from a pure, how does how does she look perspective, I, I can't think of a, a better choice. I stand by uh, a strong top three of Natalie Dormer, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt, and Charlize Theron. Uh, that's my that's my top three. That's all dream casting, though. There seems to be a little bit of, like you said, juice behind the Theron thing now. Yeah, which would be uh, it would be pretty awesome. I mean, she is a great actress. She's done a lot of great stuff. And you know, I I know the image you're talking about in that military type suit. Like, I think she's like pulling on the glove. Yeah, yeah. There's that too. Yeah, there's just been a lot of. It's almost like. Um... World War Two era, you know, right. yes we can type of sure. imagery that they've been using for for that character lately. It's almost like Charlize Theron was the model for that stuff. Yes, you know. Yes. So in a roundabout way, we've covered our first piece of uh, news and rumors for the evening. Hmm. Couple other things. So I forget what site it was um, that I was reading around, and you know, one of the things that. I think we we got quite a bit of credit uh, for me attending the uh, Comic Palooza a couple weeks ago. Uh, that panel video has kind of made the rounds on a lot of major news sites. So uh, I'll I'll beep our own horn a little bit here, but uh, but that was pretty cool seeing that on Bleeding Cool and CBR and just some of the other yeah Newsarama. That was yeah. awesome. That was great. You know, congratulations on a great job, obviously, and and congratulations to you know the whole team at MCU Exchange. Absolutely, you know, we, we we were just mentioning that. Uh, you know, bleeding cool is like linking them daily right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're really killing it with the stories and speculation, and uh, you know, we're proud to be proud and happy to be a part. So just make sure you check out MCUExchange.com. Yeah. But Haley Atwell mentioned that she was going to be crashing the site, uh, the shoot in Atlanta, over that kind of Memorial Day weekend, and so she tweeted a bunch of pictures, and they're actually really funny. Like one with. Um, making fun of Chris Evans because he had muscle milk in his fridge and you know they were playing games on the iPad and stuff like that and she, she I think she took a picture with the Russo brothers and then there was one she took with her makeup person and I think people were thinking that or, or treating it as as she went to do filming and just from the panel and stuff I, I didn't get the impression that she was going to shoot video like she was going to shoot I th- took it as hey I'm pretty well connected um, with these movies and you know these are all friends obviously uh, you know that she's worked with several times I just took it as she was just going to kind of go hang out and say hi and you know do some promotion and stuff but uh, some of the some of the sites out there and I, I didn't I didn't uh, put it down to cite it but uh, we're taking it as she did some filming and um, I, I I didn't get that impression but no no I agree it sounds like she, you know they're buddies and she's having some fun which which is great um, yeah, something I just going back to that Theron stuff that we started with, I don't see 
Do you think the next wave of whoever in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, the stars of the next wave of movies that are announced or, or however it goes, do you see it staying at like nine picture deals? I, I'm, I'm thinking that it gets scaled back now. Yeah. And maybe that helps us out with having a 40-year-old start off. You know, we're not really thinking about a nine-picture, 12- or 13-year deal. You know, I I could see it being toned down a bit now. It's hard to say because I think they're wishing they signed, like, Chris Evans or, you know, some of those folks, probably Scarlett Johansson at this point, to maybe a longer deal than they did. And we know that Sebastian Stan got that nine-picture deal so I wonder if some of it is maybe like hedging their bet. Like if they sign the nine picture deal or the long deal, they're just covered. So, you know, in case they want to scale back or they go in a different direction that, you know, they've they've got them kind of locked in for a certain period of time. But I just think that they're going to shuffle these things around a little bit. I think they're going to, you know, and, and who knows? I think a lot of it is going to depend on the phase three stuff, like how much of that stuff sticks. You know, if Black Panther is like a huge hit, and a huge success, then I think Chadwick Boseman gets, get, you know, gets a pretty sweet deal. I think if, you know, if Doctor Strange does really well, then I think, you know, Cumberbatch gets gets a, a bigger deal. So it's hard to, it's hard to say. There's also a lot of rumors swelling around with the TV stuff, um, you know, and how that may meld in, and specifically the Netflix stuff, I think more so than, you know, the ABC primetime uh, stuff. And, um, you know, that stuff is getting really interesting because Daredevil was a much bigger hit than I think anybody anticipated. Um, I, I was kind of saving this for our Daredevil talk, but at, at this point, we've, we've kind of pushed that a little further than I think we originally intended. So I, I, now might be a good time to talk about that because there's a lot of rumors swirling around the, the TV stuff with Netflix. But to look at this in perspective, so... When people say House of Cards, I mean, when people say House of Cards, when people say, I, I, I spoil the, the reveal, um, <laughs> when people say Netflix, typically the first thing, an original programming, the first thing that comes to mind is typically um, House of Cards. Uh, sure, and then, or maybe Orange is the New Black. Yeah, Orange is the New Black, pretty close second, I think. Those two are really um, highly associated with with Netflix. Um, and especially House of Cards. I mean, just just really, you know, a big deal. Uh, to put that in perspective, so um, uh, I, f- I found uh, where did I find this? Um, so there's a San Diego-based firm called Luth Research uh, that did a little survey. You know, they surveyed 2,500 net- Netflix subscribers and they uh, crunched a bunch of numbers and. Um, what they found was uh, that within the first 30 days, the most watched show in Netflix history, um, and this was, I guess, 12 days after uh, Daredevil premiered, uh, was Daredevil. Like, it had a significantly higher uh, number of percentage of subscribers who watched that show within the first, you know, at this point, the first 12 days, than House of Cards, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Marco Polo, Bloodline, uh, on the chart I have, it doesn't have Orange is the New Black, but I think that's lower than than House of Cards for sure. Um, for, for Season 3 of House of Cards, it was like 1.8% at the peak of people watched it uh, within the on like at day 2. Um, by day 4, 
Daredevil had like 3% of their subscribers that had watched. So Daredevil is, is this just run, you know, pretty much this runaway hit. Um, and it's, it started a whole bunch of speculation about like, what are they going to do with the phase two? I mean, we, you know, we talked about before that Daredevil got renewed for a season two really fast. I think faster than we even thought it would get renewed. Um, and we're curious how that's going to push around some of the other stuff that they want to do with the defenders. Um, there's been a lot of talk of the defenders, as a group showing up in Infinity War, either part one or two. Um, and now there's just been a lot of talk lately about um, uh, phase two bringing in characters like Punisher, Ghost Rider, um, Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon, yeah, I mean, Moon Knight, Blade, um, all this kind of stuff, you know, getting pushed uh, into the Netflix show. And even there's a lot of rumor that's kind of gaining momentum about Doctor Strange making his appearance in The Defenders, um, which would actually be before the, I think, before the movie hits. So uh, it, it's funny how that that's um, kind of gaining ground. They're also talking about, you know, a Cloak and Dagger series um, and, a, and a, a, a Miss Marvel, not Captain Marvel, but Miss Marvel, the Kamala Khan a character from the comics who uh, has gotten a lot of that comics gotten a lot of critical praise and kind of you know touches well with you know young you know teenage girls and and younger girls to to kind of get them into comics which has been good and even a Hulk pre uh, prequel are still in development at ABC but it it's it's interesting how how all this stuff is kind of gelling together you know now right yeah the Netflix piece is uh is very interesting. I mean, it, it makes sense that that many people would have went after the Daredevil stuff as soon as it was released. Because, I mean, when you think of the numbers, of, we talk about this all the time, like when we're comparing TV to the movies. You know, if you take the number of people that went out and saw the Avengers, you know, and if a good portion of them, a decent portion of them, ran to Netflix to catch Daredevil in the first week or two, you know, it all makes sense. Sure, yeah. That this is the way that it would end up. Um, and I think having it all available at one time is definitely an advantage over trying to hook people into a weekly 22-episode, you know, one-hour network television show. Yeah. I'll, I'll be curious to see because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, we talked about this before, is coming to Netflix on June 12th, which is a little over uh, a week away at this point. And I'm really curious if they see what they see as far as viewing habits of that show. Because, you know, we talked about ratings and everything before, too. And I, I really think that the type of audience that is into the Marvel movies and even, even the Daredevil stuff are just, you know, the binge watch crowd. You know, people just people don't watch live television any, you know, more as a whole. I mean, and I think I think Netflix is just, you know facilitates people to just kind of like wait for the trade you know as we talk in the comics you know, just wait until it all goes and then just just you know if people if people generally like it then you know i'll wait for it to come on netflix and i'll just watch it all at once right i'll be curious to see you know i know ant-man has some people worried but like i can see ant-man working just fine um jessica jones scares me it just yeah. seems so, and I shouldn't be adverse to something different because Marvel does all these great different tone things and it all works out in the end, but this just looks very different to me. 
Yeah, I'm really curious to see how that goes because I did you see the latest poster that they revealed? It's like her in the black leather jacket walking down the street. Yeah. Yeah. So she looks a little I the more I see the more at ease it I I I get with it. Um it's funny I've been I I got a while back the Alias Omnibus, which was a Max title uh from Marvel. That was done, I think it's 2003, I think is when it, when it was done. It was before Civil War, even. Uh, written by, by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, and it's very Bendis. So for, for those of you that read the comics, if you're familiar with Bendis' style, it's very wordy, very dialogue-heavy, a lot of witty banter. Um, but the Max line is like their R-rated comic line. And normally when they do Max stuff, it's pretty much outside of the normal Marvel continuity. And this was weird because there was a lot of stuff that directly tied itself to the main book, but it it's first and foremost a detective book. I mean, the whole superhero angle of it is really downplayed. I mean, you know she has powers. You know, I'm I'm like three quarter of the way into it, and it's like you know she has powers. You're not quite sure what they really are. Um, you know, you're just now getting into like how she got them and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they do some really interesting things with the art that I think could be could kind of be interesting on TV as well. Like when she takes a case, every time she takes a case, it's the same. The panel structure is the same. So it, it's like it, it's a double page spread say. And at the top across the whole top is her Jessica Jones. And she's usually smoking, sitting in her debt, sitting in her chair, um, listening to whoever's talking. And then the bottom panels is whoever, whoever's case it is. She's taking and it starts with like a smaller image and it gets closer and closer and closer and closer. And as the person is telling their story of why they want to hire her, it kind of it kind of zooms in on it. So it's it's a it kind of has that cinematic feel to it, um, but it's pretty rough and tumble. Uh, so, I, I you know, um, it, it's funny because Scott Lang, the Atman character that's in the movie, shows up in the book. I, I doubt, you know, that we're going to see Scott Lang in there, but. Um, but, you know, like we know Luke Cage and there's some other heroes and, and characters that show up. But um, I, I'm really curious to see which route they go with the show. And, I, and, and you know, we talked about it before, but I, I think they're probably going to stay more on the detective side than they will on the superhero side, which right. I think will benefit it. But uh, it's funny. She's a little she, it's funny because she looks a little chubbier, not like um not overweight, but almost like she's out of shape. Like she just doesn't care. Um, you know, and the one thing, you know, we talked about with Kristen Ritter is she's kind of wafy. You know, she, she looks like she could add a few pounds to herself. Um, but it looks like they're kind of covering some of that up with like, you know, she wears, it looks like the show takes place in winter. So, you know, she's got like heavier jackets and, you know, jeans and stuff like that to kind of, um, you know, make it not look as that as she's quite as thin as she normally comes off as. So, right. It will be interesting. I don't. I don't know anything. I haven't read any of that stuff. And it's good. Uh, it's it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really surprised. And then uh, uh, when I was at Comic Palooza, they had uh, the trade vendors there that were selling the half off trades, and they had the complete uh, the Pulse. So they did Alias as a Max title, and then they kind of brought her into the main Marvel universe, kind of as a regular character with her and Luke Cage, and they have a kid and. Um, so she goes to work for the Pulse, which is kind of like the tabloid version of. It's almost kind of like, not quite National Enquirer style, but but you know more like a tabloid type type of of outfit. 
Um, and I think Ben Urich worked for the Pulse too. So um, it, it, I think it ran for like 12 or 14 issues or 16 issues or something like that. So I've got that too. So once I finish the, the max title, I'm going to pick that up. So hopefully by the time the show starts, I'll, uh, I'll be able to have a little more reference to her as a character than, than just the show. Right. Another reason to scratch your head over the demise of Ben Urich, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Spoiler for Daredevil, but, uh, yeah, that, that really didn't sit well with me. I mean, when we eventually get to, uh, to talking about Daredevil, that that's definitely going to be a, uh, uh, a point of contention for me. What's next on the agenda? I guess more Spider-Man stuff. Um, allegedly they're they're narrowing it down and i i heard rumor that they're going to be maybe doing some screen tests on the set of civil war which is kind of interesting that they'll you know i guess screen test them and then whoever makes the cut they'll probably just tell them to stay behind and get get to work but right uh, i saw some crazy internet speculation it's like robert downey junior tweeted a pic of himself and said See, we work weekends or something to that effect. And it was like the same day they were bringing in a Spider-Man, a few people to screen oh, test yeah, for Spider-Man. Yeah. So everybody assumed they were bringing to Robert Downey Jr. in to screen test with, you know, whoever, which I thought was a bit of a leap. But Yeah, I don't see Robert Downey Jr. doing screen tests, but you never know. The guy's kind of kooky enough, maybe... uh and, and I say kooky in a good way. You know, maybe he would do it just for the fun of it. So. Yeah, or maybe they gave him a briefcase of $100 bills. Maybe so. To light his cigars with. <laughs> sure. Yeah, more than, he, more than he has already. Apparently, he, he brings his furniture to every house he rents when he's on location. So why not, right? Yeah. Too funny. Um. There's a pretty big, like, spoilery rumor thing going on, but I think maybe we'll save that to the end so we don't we don't ruin that. Okay. Um, How about the uh, – I'm sure you're getting to this, but I'm jumping the gun. Um, jump. We have an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, cast member that will be a regular. I think that's yes. pretty new. Yes. Well, I don't know who it is, so you're going to have to continue from there. Yeah, it's um, – Yes, Luke Mitchell is now a regular for season three, who is uh, who plays Lincoln Campbell. So it kind of adds more fuel to the whole, uh, you know, Sky as her own little uh, training camp powered. for yeah for powered people. So secret warriors, exactly. That's I cool. Wish I... They were, I wish there were more that fit into the comic cast of Secret Warriors, but. Uh... None, none yet, I don't think. I think it'll be a mix of some new people from the show, and maybe they'll bring a karmic character in, weed a few in after a while. Yeah, that'd be cool. He didn't do much for me, that character. Uh, You know, he was okay. I think if nothing else, it kind of helps even put more distance between the whole Ward-Sky thing, you know? Like if they if they bring him as kind of a love interest type of character, then I th I think it's less likely that they'll you know go down that road. So yeah, I mean, why does she always have to have a love interest though? Well, I I totally agree. I, you know, I, but I agree. Like you said, if it serves to put Skyward to bed, 
Sorry, internet. Yeah, yeah. Then, then that'll be okay. I agree. Do you want to do some uh, some Facebook questions? Sure. Okay. We've got quite a few. So I put a thread out there. We thought we were going to record over the weekend and stuff happened, so we're running a little late. But we had we had a couple panel shows from last week uh, that we ran. And I apologize. I really meant to be there for Chloe Bennett and Rosario Dawson on Sunday. Um, and I just had some family stuff creep up, and I couldn't go. So I was really, really bummed out um, by that. We'll, we'll dock your pay accordingly. Exactly. Cut it in half. As we, as we said in the volunteer fire department, we will dock your pay. Cut it in half. Yes, and did you get a chance to hear the uh, or see any Chloe Bennett videos? No, I started. Uh, I started to watch it, and and then I but I did not finish it. Did you yeah. Did you end up catching it or? I did, and it wasn't anything um, earth shattering. But what a like delightful experience that was, you know? <laughs> like she was yeah. just happy and into it, and engaging, and uh, you know, very cool. It's always nice to see. Yeah, they're you know exactly the same with Haley Atwell and um, and Kobe Smulders and and kind of both charming in a different way. Where Haley was just more, uh, you know, just like very polite, very respectful, very grateful. Um, and Kobe Smulders was a lot more engaging. Like she was just like. Uh, you know, kind of flirty with people coming up to the mic and stuff. It was just like she was all into it. It was really, um, it was really kind of funny to see the the contrast in in their personalities and stuff. I I really wish, and I know it was just timing. You know, based on when everybody like Chloe Bennett could only be there Sunday. Haley Atwell was only there Friday because um, she had a prior engagement with the St. Louis Con. So it was like everybody just because of prior engagements couldn't be there like all at the same time. Uh, but it really would have been cool to have all of those ladies like in one panel together. I think it would have been a lot of fun, especially after the heat that Marvel took. Marvel did a Women of Marvel Comics panel at yes. some other convention, and there were no women on it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I agree. For Comic Palooza to have something like a Women of the MCU panel, that would have been fantastic. Yeah, and I will. I mean, not to get too far on the. To, to talk on the Comic Palooza side, but they, it's really funny, man. They run a really tight ship when it comes to those panels. You know, we've been to, to cons, uh, you know, New York con, and I've been to San Diego and stuff where, you know, if they say the panel, like we, when we, in uh, 2011, when we were there for the Avengers panel, it was supposed to start, I think, at six. And I think, well, it started like 815 or 820 because everything was just kind of like running behind. And, um, they they the panels are only 25 minutes long you know they block an hour but you know they start them right on time they get the talent in there um they do a quick little intro back and forth and then they take audience questions and right at that like 30 35 minute mark um you know they're cutting it off and getting everything moved on so that next panel can start on time so it's <clears throat> it's really kind of refreshing to see the negative is the panels tend to be a little shorter um, than your typical 50 minute, but, um, but again, like I said, everything kind of runs on time and it, and it's, it's a pretty well-oiled machine. So nice. Uh, so that's kind of nice. Um, but yeah, comments. So, uh, so we got some out there that we'll, we'll go through. Um, so the first one's from Jason Ritter. He says, when are you guys going to do a commentary on guardians of the galaxy? 
Um, I think at this point it's probably more when we can coordinate. I know Ken, Ken's, Ken and I usually are mainstays for the commentaries, and then John, I think when you can, you hop on. No, I hate them actually. <laughs> Um, I don't have a, a comfortable enough chair, <laughs> and um, I, I, I dislike them. I would like to do commentaries for uh, Netflix one-hour shows rather than two-hour, 20-minute movies, if we can sure. make that happen. So at this part, for the most point, I think when once Ken and I... And, and if Brad's available, Brad will certainly jump on. But I think at this point, like once Ken and I can kind of coordinate our schedules... Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll get that done definitely over the break. I mean, it will definitely happen over the break. Whether it's going to happen before Ant Man, maybe, maybe not. Uh, you know, just because we want to get some Daredevil stuff in there, and then Ant Man is just around the corner. So, uh, so fifty fifty on that. Um, which leads us to Jason's next question: When are the rest of the Daredevil reviews coming? Um, mm. I think, you know, we were pretty much ready to go on that, and the Comic Palooza stuff came up, and, you know, we got a couple shows out of it, and I think now, you know, we just, we had some comments build up on Facebook, and we, you know, had some new stuff coming, so we wanted to get that out of the way. I would, I mean, John, what do you think? Do you think it's, it's not, it's probably very likely that the next show we do will be Daredevil focused? Yeah, I, I think so, and I think another thing that's been stopping us is, you know, everybody has seen the whole season now. Yeah. Um, it's not like covering Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where you have one new show that everybody wants to talk about for a week, and then you have another new show that everybody wants to talk about. Um, everybody's seen the whole thing, so we're trying to formulate a better way to cover it, whether it be character by character or blocks of episodes or, you know, the main points, maybe like we said... A, a commentary track for certain episodes that are pivotal. We haven't a hundred percent decided what we want to do, but we're trying to come up with something a little different. Yeah, because the tricky thing is, um, the show had quite a few casualties, and so it's hard to talk about if you're going to go episode by episode. Talk about a character that maybe didn't make it through the whole thing in a bubble, knowing what ends up happening. You know, whereas you know, when you go week to week, you could do, you could speculate and you could talk about things and then you could see if they come true. There's not much speculation when you've seen all 13 episodes. You pretty much know what's going to happen. So, uh, so yeah, so we're trying to take a different approach. So stay tuned. Do we want to... This is a real... Uh, this is not a rumor, I don't think. This is more of a leak sure. on the daredevil end. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe we would save it. It's a certain screen test leak also. Uh, no, uh, I do know what you're talking about. And no, I think it's perfectly, I think, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so uh, this is a spoiler for next season of Daredevil. Um, if you don't want to hear it, maybe fast forward 30 seconds. Uh, I'm sure everybody that follows Marvel and is listening to this podcast probably knows that they were running some screen tests for the part of Elektra. Uh, and they were online briefly, and I did not get to see them before they were taking, taken down. Um, I did not recognize the name of the actresses, but uh, all of that's on the internet if you're interested. You didn't happen to see those videos before they were removed, did you, Russ? Uh, n no, no, I was... Uh... 
I was kind of knee-deep in a bunch of work when that happened, and then by the time I went back to them, when I kind of, kind of got to a break, uh, they were they were pulled, so I didn't get a chance to see them. But uh, both very nice-looking ladies. Yeah, and, and she was, uh, Electra was teased as the Greek girl in the Spanish class, I believe, or the Latin class, or, yeah. or something to that effect. Yes. Um, so very happy. Um, for for me, the next thing I want to hear is Bullseye is being cast so that Bullseye can kill Electra. Spoilers <laughs> for the... for a thirty from a thirty five year old comic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it, it's cool. I, I like the way that they're sort of honoring the major story points, but also doing a lot of their own thing with Daredevil. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so Stephen Hall, back to the Facebook comments. Stephen Hall asks, "Can you discuss connections you'd like to see in Phase Three, uh, the Phase Three films, and the Netflix shows?" I would like to see Punisher connect with anything. <laughs> um, phase Three. So what are we talking? Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, the two Avengers flicks, um, Civil War. I of Ragnarok. course would would love to see Iron Fist connect, and it looks like they did it a little bit. I mean, they've what's her name, Madam um, Chow Chow Gao, Madam <laughs> Gao. Uh, her heroine or whatever that is has these dragon symbol on it. Is, did we talk about that on this show? No. Damn it. <laughs> Well, anyway, it looks like uh, Iron Fist is connecting with some things, but I would like to see maybe Doctor Strange connect with Iron Fist, being that Kun Loon is a mystical, magical yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. I mean... Ooh, I have one. Shoot. I would like to see Doctor Strange connect with a Blade Netflix series because... Mm. The only way to have vampires in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think, is to have them be more of demons that are from the dimensions that Doctor Strange deals with. Sure, sure. That's the route I would take, because I don't know that you can bring regular old vampires into the MCU. Yeah, it's hard. I, maybe. You know, Blade always kind of went with the more like it's an infection than it is anything else you know they kind of rooted it you know the the new line flicks they always kind of rooted it more in science and biology than they did in like mysticism sure. or whatever so that is true just almost like the resident evil zombies yeah 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 i uh it yeah it's hard to say i mean we talked about it before i think one of the things that 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 daredevil benefited from was the fact that it was separated out from the the cinematic universe, you know, the the actual movies themselves. That it you you know it took took place in that in that universe. You know that the that those movies impact you know the characters in the show. But the fact that it doesn't have to it it can kind of be its own thing. I think is is what benefited Daredevil. Yeah. So I'm a not absolutely. I'm not too wound up with making you know a connection between the two. I mean you know. If we end up getting Infinity War Part Two and it's just it's just balls out, everybody, you know, everything in the kitchen sink and it's just insanity, then um, you know, as long as they could pull it off 
logistically, I mean, that would sure that would be awesome. I mean, <laughs> you know, I it, in some ways I think phase the end of phase three is going to mark like a serious. I think phase four is going to be a serious tonal shift um, in in the whole thing. Uh, I I really think that phase three is going to be the end of the story they've been telling from 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 the jump. And then I would like to see Wolverine connect in the new Spider-Man movie. <laughs> um, so Still Mary... holding out for Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. Uh, I uh, yeah, it's a whole. We can make a whole show, I think, out of that whole situation. Do, do we want to? I mean, it's like you said, it would take forever to discuss the entire thing. But there was a Marvel poster that was recently released. So yeah, so it's t-shirts, and I actually—it's funny because I actually saw them at Walmart, um, and my wife was like, "Oh, that's a cool t-shirt. Do you want that?" I'm like, "No, I'm boycotting the shirt." And she's like, "What are you talking about? You're being stupid." So I had to explain this whole thing to her. So the <laughs> shirt call you a nerd at the end. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's a daily, that's that's a Tuesday. So the yeah the images there's two of them one is a recreation of Secret Wars number one and one of them is Secret Wars number eight so it's the, the Secret Wars number one uh, cover is like the famous Secret Wars you know image where it's like all the heroes and they're coming out and the big Secret Wars logo at the top and so the T-shirt it doesn't it doesn't actually say Secret Wars it's like Marvel it says like Marvel Heroes Universe or something like that um, but it's that image. And they've replaced everybody that all of the X-Men characters and all of the Fantastic Four characters with um, mostly characters that were never in Secret War. So you got like, you know, Iron Fist and Daredevil and um, uh, uh, Black Bolt and, you know, you you know, they've just kind of strategically replaced them. And then the same thing for the for the Secret Wars number eight, you know, the famous cover with Spider-Man in the black suit with the red background. Um, and they've they've replaced all those characters, uh, the X Men and the Fantastic Four, and so uh, somebody tweeted out, "I was like, hey, what's you know what's the deal with that?" And Tom Brevoort, who personally I think he's very uh, antagonistic. I think uh, personally, I just I kind of pick. He just comes across as a blowhard and kind of a jackass to me. That that's that's just like his presence. You know, he opens himself up to questions um, on his uh, not Instagram, but whatever that. Tumblr or whatever, and and then basically just doesn't answer any of them, and then just get pissed off at people that ask him tough questions. Um, but if you're going to open yourself up to have questions asked of you, I think you're going to have to. You should understand that you're going to get tough questions and answer them appropriately. But anyway, or run for president. Or... Yeah, six one half dozen the other. Um. So he basically said, "Well, we don't have the licensing rights to those characters," and I was like, mm, "I kind of call BS on that because." They've been licensing T-shirts with Wolverine and you know the Thing and all those characters for years. Like Fox has had those characters for now almost twenty years now. I mean, you know they they signed the deal back in the in the nineties. And granted, they didn't produce a movie, the X Men movie, until two thousand, and then the Fantastic Four I think was two thousand three, two thousand four. Um, and we've seen merchandise, but I think the problem is because. The main cinematic, the Marvel machine, the Marvel Disney machine has gotten so crazy that they're really not wanting to promote anything that they don't own. And so what they so they kind of come back and modified that a little bit. Marvel has and said, well, if you if you had 
basically if you produce merchandise and got a large percentage or all of the percentage on characters you own and a very small percentage on characters you don't own, you know, where would, you know, what would you do? You know, and the obvious answer is you would focus on the characters that you have total control over and total monetary stake in, which makes sense. It, it definitely makes sense. I just have an issue with them altering, you know, established art, um, you know, for something that that's that's a part of a Marvel as a comics entity and not as a not as a, uh, a motion picture property. But, um, you know, the concern for me is like this bubble is going to burst. It may take 10 more years. It may take 20 more years and it may not burst completely. It just may be that, you know, we see a movie every few years and they're and they're, you know, moderate success or large successes. But at some point, they're not going to be cranking out three movies a year. Um, and my concern is just they're going to cannibalize these properties to where nobody, when all they have left is the merchandising and the publishing, and nobody's going to care about the X-Men and nobody's going to care about Fantastic Four if they keep shelving all these characters. So it's almost like they're, to some degree, they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. Yeah, and I was actually, I, I know the t-shirts you're speaking of, I was actually talking about the giant, uh, like jam piece photo that they oh, do. Oh yeah. Um, there, there's like a, a giant, like banner shaped image that Marvel puts out every once in a while. They update it, and it's just like every Marvel character. Um, and and we're talking on the comic side, not the studios, just Marvel. Right. Um, and they took them all out. They just yeah. <laughs> the Fantastic Four is not in it. The X Men are not in it. You know, no mutants. None of their villains. And some people like on Reddit and stuff are really looking at it and pulling it apart in terms of like, oh, well, if he's featured in this poster, then he's probably somebody that they could use in a blah, blah, blah movie. You know, um, I mean, it does give some clues when you look at who's there and who's not there in this poster. Um, and again, MCUExchange.com just recently put up a great article on the state of like a lot of characters yeah, the rights wow. behind them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're and you know, the Fantastic Four comics been canceled and I've I've said in the past that I didn't think they canceled it because they don't have the rights to the movie. I think they canceled it because the book wasn't selling. Um, you know, they're not canceling the X Men titles. They sell very well. If the Fantastic Four was a top ten book, they would not be canceling the Fantastic Four, regardless of whether or not Fox has the properties you know, the the movie property or not. But um Anyway, I just, it's, the whole thing's just kind of silly. And like I said, eventually, I, and I don't know if this is like a ploy for Marvel that, you know, I'm sure that has something to do with it or, or Disney where it's like, fine, you guys don't want to, you know, share and play nice. Then we'll completely freeze you out on the merchandising side and not allow you to produce Jack squat. And, you know, you're not going to make any more money than what you sink into the, you know, production budget and, and. Um, or the the box office receipts for these actual movies, you know, the the merchandising side, you're not making a dime off of. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. And I don't. The one thing I'm not clear on is from the merchandising perspective is like. So if Marvel produces images of the Fantastic Four as comic characters and not their movie representations, then that's. Like, they don't have that revenue, too. So, like, they lost the merchandising rights as well as the motion picture rights. I mean, that just seems kind of strange. But they have the animated rights to those characters. I mean, it's just like the whole thing is just very strange. So, um, and they yeah, have I mean, when these when these deals were made, I don't think either side ever thought that Marvel would be no. 
you know, doing what they're doing on their own. So now when you, you know, now the, the wording becomes very important. Yeah, I mean, Marvel wouldn't, if Marvel didn't make those deals, we wouldn't be having a podcast called It's All Connected right now because there would be no Marvel comics. They would, they, those properties probably would have been sold off in bankruptcy and split God knows how many ways um, and be owned by many different studios. So, you know, they can, they can gripe about the deals that they're, they're, that got cut, but, you know, it, it basically allowed them to stay afloat enough to, to turn into the juggernaut they are today. Right. And you could argue that if Marvel didn't make these deals, we wouldn't be getting DC movies either. Yeah. It would just be, sure. you know, cranking out a Batman franchise every 15 years and yeah. try again with Superman. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully it hits at one point. Um. All right. So back to some more comments. Uh, Mary Kirk asks, anybody else more excited for Doctor Strange and Civil War at this point beside me? I'm super excited for Civil War, but I'm ready for some more Cosmic Realms story. Um, no. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm excited for Doctor Strange for the same reasons. Um, like I said, I'd, I'd like to see the dimensional angle for demons and 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 things like that. But uh, I'm very excited about Civil War. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love what they've done with Cap. I love the Russo brothers. So you know, to me, the 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 goodwill they built with uh. Winter Soldier has got me very pumped for Civil War. Uh, Charlie Carden asked, uh, so Kang, not an MCU character, what's up with that? He's an or original Avengers villain. Um, slightly true, slightly not true. Um, it, so Kang has this weird history where he's also Immortus. He's also uh, a character called Rama Tut. So they've kind of like worked all this stuff in together and the Rama Tut character actually appeared in Fantastic Four number 19 in 1963 and Kang appeared in Avengers number 8 in 1964 so two things one if you're t if if that's how the rights went technically he was a Fantastic Four villain before he was a Avengers villain just chronologically and especially since the deal was made you know back in probably the 90s second I think some of these you know, while we say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is a Fantastic Four villain. I think some of these studios were allowed to separately bid for individual characters or sets of characters. I mean, that's why how we got Namor off at Universal at one point, um, you know, and Blade, you know, ended up with New... I mean, you know, some of these characters may be technically connected with other um, sets that, that are owned by studios, but, but I think they also work separate deals for just, like, one-offs if they thought they could make it interesting, so... John Davis asked, Tilda Swinton rumor thoughts. Oh, another rumor. Yeah. So she's rumored oh. to play the Ancient One. Well, she's rumored to be up for a role in Doctor Strange. Heavy speculation on her playing the Ancient One. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Tilda Swinton, like, at all. Like, she's just, she always plays kind of these androgynous, like, I, I, I just, I don't, I mean, and that's not why I don't like her. I just, I don't, there's just something about her I just don't like, like, as a, as a, like, as an actress. I mean, I've seen her in many different things. I mean, she was in Constantine. She was, she was in Snowpiercer. Um, I did I, like her in Snowpiercer. I don't remember her in Constantine. I don't remember Constantine much. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it's odd. It's almost like 
you know, they have another role that that should be Asian. When I say should be, I mean, historically, it is an Asian role. It's an odd choice. I mean, I think she could pull it off. I don't think that she'd be playing a man. Do you? I've heard that. Yeah, I've, I mean, I took it as they were. She was going to play the ancient one as a man. Which yeah, I I see. I just assumed that they would make the ancient one a woman. But you know, I I guess. It could go either way. I mean, maybe it makes more sense your way, but if you're going to make an, you know, an Asian man played by a white woman, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a strong feeling either way. And that's rumor at this point, right? There's yeah, no... very much so. Very much so. I mean, she a she could be playing somebody completely different, um, you know, or who knows, or like you said, maybe the ancient one. They just they they decide to recap. I mean, part of it with that ancient one character, it's almost like Fu Manchu, right? It's it's like it's somewhat in today's kind of environment, you know, can be considered, you know, racist or off color or, or you know, I mean, just, you know, the typical because they kind of show the ancient one, you know, kind of like the whole, you know, almost stereotypical Asian, you know, look uh, to the ancient one. I mean, it's obviously it's changed over time, but I could see, you know, kind of like the Mandarin, right? You right, know, like exactly you know, directly interpret that, then it's like, mm, that's kind of insensitive. So, um, I, I don't know. I just, like I said, just as her as an actress, I'm, I'm just not a, not a huge fan. Um, thoughts on killing off of big characters. Uh, this is from Johnny Organize. Main villains like Iron Monger, Ronin, or even superheroes, a.k.a. Quicksilver. Um, bad enough, Fox owns a lot of big characters Marvel can't use, and instead Marvel kills them off from future use. Um... I think, I, I think Ronan was was more of a disappointment to me than even Quicksilver or, um, or Ironmonger. Like to me, it's like you know, I'm you know Quicksilver, whatever. You know, I mean, I think it would have been interesting to keep him in just because of the whole dynamic with Scarlet Witch, and I think it was unnecessary that he died. I didn't think it was you know that they had to do it that way. Um, but Ronan, I really, I really like Lee Pace, and I, I just thought he has an interesting enough look as a character. Um, and is a good villain that I think that um, I would have liked to see more from him. Yeah, I agree. Ronan, Ronan would have been nice. I don't think we need to do Ironmonger again. Yeah, I mean, Obadiah um, Stane, I mean, like, okay, sure. Yeah, Quicksilver, I actually ended up liking the character a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, you know, it, it could have made some interesting dynamic with his sister down the road. Yeah, I always feel bad for the uh, for those actors, you know, especially especially the uh, the stain role, the Ironmonger. It's like you get you get cut out of the loop so early, and then it just becomes this giant, yeah. crazy money making machine. Yeah, you know, Frank Grillo's getting four picture deals now. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Terrence Howard and uh... yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. So Ryan Cotter asked, where do we get our information? Um, I think everywhere. I think part of it is, I mean, I look at everything. I mean, you know, the MCU exchange guys have been great. You know, they've been a good source of information. I mean, just attending cons, you know, hitting, you know, the main news sites, the Bleeding Cools, the CBRs, the Newsaramas, and, and even sometimes it bleeds over into the mainstream news site. You know, Yahoo links to a lot of different stuff. Yeah, I um, make a lot of stuff up. Sure. Yeah, John. Um, John's a... 
Brad lies liar. to me. Yeah. And I, I believe him usually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I mean, just a lot of it, I think, is just, you Wikipedia, know, of course, the sure. onion. Yeah, the bastion of knowledge that is Wikipedia. Right. And a lot of this is just like our opinions. You know, it's just, you know, three, three or four knuckleheads that, you know, have an opinion on whatever, whether it's. You know, we since we kind of take the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes and the movies kind of, you know, bit by bit, a lot of, you know, the bulk of the content of our show is just kind of analyzing what we've, you know, visually seen and, you know, what we've, you know, heard and commentaries and all that kind of stuff, so. And, and, on, and on a serious note, to answer that question, I'm fairly new to it, but Reddit is totally... If you're looking for like you know, if you just join the Marvel Studios page on Reddit.com, you know it, it, these people are amazing. Like any bit of news that pops up will show up on that Reddit page within seconds. Yeah. So uh, Reddit it has become a great source as well. Twitter, I mean, you know, just following, you know, people like Ming Na, James Gunn, you know, um, you know, just just all of the. You know, all of the, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Renner, you know, just all, you know, following all those folks, you know, too. Sometimes, you know, they'll tweet out little twid tidbits that you could pick up. So, uh, Ross Chaplin says, what are the best villains that Fox doesn't own that Marvel has? And which ones outside of the Spidey side of things, uh, Norman Osborn, would you like to see? The best villains that Fox doesn't own. That we haven't seen yet. Oof. Um, I was about to say Galactus, but they, they do own Galactus. Even if they choose to make him a cloud. Yeah. Uh, I think Taskmaster is a really cool villain that uh, that hasn't shown up anywhere that would be cool. I don't know that he's the best or an A villain, but I think we've gone through a lot of the A yeah, I'm just trying to think like Captain America, you know, so we've seen even, you know, we've even seen Batrock the Leaper. Um, we've seen Zemo. We've seen Strucker. We've seen Zola. We've seen the Red Skull. Um, you know, those are kind of the big baddies, you know, on the Avengers side, we've seen Ultron. I, I would say that one that I don't think that Fox owns that Marvel does, and we talked about this before, are the Wrecking Crew. Um Sure. Uh, you know, ties to Thor, you know, kind of the mystical weapons. They're kind of more street level. Um, I would love to see uh, to see the Wrecking Crew and just the Masters of Evil. I mean, I think that would be I really thought um, that it would have been cool for the second Avengers movie if they went a little smaller, um, you know, and kind of had to contend with like the, the Masters of Evil. Um, and partially because I just love that Roger Stern story from the 80s where the Masters of Evil uh, basically overran Avengers Mansion and just like kicked the crap out of everybody and put Jarvis in a coma and stuff. And it was it was a really awesome story. And they beat the hell out of Thor. I mean, it was like, um, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've you know they've they've burned through, you know, so many. I mean, with you know with Guardians, it opens up all kinds of stuff. You know, uh, Adam Warlock. I mean, not that he's a villain necessarily, but you know, you get all those crazy cosmic. Uh, villains that come into play you know we've seen Thanos so I mean we've seen a lot of them I mean the rest of them are kind of more you know your average you know enhanced human kind of thing Victor says theory Civil War will be an hour and a half of Cap 3 
Zemo and Bucky and Crossbones and such, and then they will tack on a single Civil War battle and call it a day. Uh, uh I don't, I don't know that I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it'll be very interesting to see how they go about making it a Civil War. You know, yeah. that seems to be something that's going to have to percolate. You know, that they're not going to be able to just throw in at the end. Now, whether that will start up elsewhere, I guess we don't get an opportunity for it to start up elsewhere, right? There's going to be Ant-Man, and then there's going to be Civil War. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Maybe Ant-Man will... Maybe something will pop up on a tag at Ant- at the end of Ant-Man, or... Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like Ant-Man is going to be very connection-heavy, but that's a total guess. Yeah. Not forward-looking. I think it's going to be more of a, like, connected, and we didn't realize it was connected, a lot of the flashback-type stuff. Sure. Um, and there have been rumors, too, that, uh, again, total rumors. Who knows what uh, will come out of it, if anything. But I guess that Oscorp may be included. You know, there might be a scene where some corporations are bidding on, like, Ant-Man tech or something like that. Yeah. And we're yeah. going to hear Roxxon... Oscorp, um, what's the other big one? Um, and maybe Stark, you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah. So one more, uh, Amod Vase. Apologize if I totally butchered your name. Um, since everyone that's been killed by an Infinity Stone appears to be sucked into it, could we see Red Skull, Malekith, Ronan, Ultron, and the villains from the remaining two stones working as Thanos' henchmen in one of the Infinite War films. It could work the same way as Apocalypse's Four Horsemen, if those roots were still at Marvel. It would also explain why such formidable villains were disposed of so easily. Thanks. So, I mean, I think we've talked about Red Skull before. You know, we we, you know we never got the impression that he was dead. Um, Ultron is an easy one to resurrect if they ever decide to do that, because he's just a computer AI and could, you know, I mean, how many times have they killed Ultron in the comics? And, you know, for... 50 years he's been coming back. Right. Um, Ronan, I think they've pretty much said he's done and gone. Like, James Gunn has said, nope, Ronan is dead. Ronan is not coming back. I mean, do they have an out to bring him back at some point down the road? Yeah, I guess they do because, um, you know, if, if that's what the stone is able to, to do. Um, and the same with Malekith, I, I, I would guess. But I, I have the feeling that they're they're pretty much done. Now, have you ever seen the theory that, um, you know what, this might not even, uh, this could, is he named Thanos for a reason? Does it mean anything? <laughs> Let me start with that. No, I mean, no. Okay. Um, I don't know. There's a theory going around that if you search, you know, if you do a Google image search for like Thanos and uh, stones, let's say, uh, there'll be like a graphic that pops up. So like... The Space Jam is the Tesseract. That's your T, right? Mm-hmm. And the Reality Jam is the Ether. That's your A. So your T blank A, right? Stay oh, with right. me. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. The Time Jam is a blank spot right now. The Orb gave us the Power Jam. There's your O. And the Mind Jam came from the Scepter. There's your S. So that spells out T blank A blank OS, which if we can find an H and an N, <laughs> it will spell Thanos, which I think is kind of interesting. I think it's 
I don't know. Something like that is cool for like the movies to tie it all together for people that maybe don't know Thanos's long comic history or anything like that. Like it would be something that made a little bit of sense or, you know, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think it's a cool theory. You know, it's probably just a coincidence, but uh, sure. if the soul gem shows up in an H, then it will get really interesting. Yeah, which I think the wisdom now with that is because the soul gem is tied to Adam Warlock, which would fit in with Guardians. So there's a possibility that Guardians 2 will give us the soul gem. And that leaves the time gem as the last one. So, right. Which may show up in Ragnarok, maybe? I would think that one of them would show up in Doctor Strange, but... Possible, yeah. You would think the eye of Agamotto would be turned into a gem. You know what I mean? Just like how they sure the the cosmic cube they made into a gem and I, so forth. Yeah, I personally don't think we've seen the last of the Red Skull, and it may be, you know, it it may not be um, Hugo Weaving that plays the Red Skull, um, which you know whatever at this point it'd be far enough that it's not that big of a deal in the whole prosthetic anyway but i somehow think he's going to come back in this and and play a big role whether it's you know infinity war one or two or or you know maybe teased at the end of civil war or something like that i just he's too integral into cap's you know history and you know his mythology for him to just make one appearance and then be be done so yeah and i hope so yeah yeah uh, and it's been so long, it seems, right? Like, since the first Captain America movie. Yeah, yeah. We have not seen the skull in quite some time. That is true. Um, We got a couple iTunes reviews. Nice. So, as always, we're always putting out for iTunes reviews. Uh, so, we got two that came in a couple weeks ago, uh, since, since we last went through these. Um, and uh, the first one's by Matt... John Taveros um, said, legitimately the only podcast I wait impatiently for week to week. These guys know what they're talking about and make the show interesting and in-depth. Great for the MCU fans. Five stars. Thank you. Yeah. And then the second one is from R Loud 2. Uh, a fun and knowledgeable group of guys who really love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If it has anything to do with the MCU, these guys have covered it. Why do the research yourself when you can sit back and let It's All Connected gather the info for you and present it in a nice, organized, humor-filled package? One of the first podcasts I download every week. Stop reading this stupid rambling review and subscribe already. <laughs> Thanks for the great show, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the, the reviews, as you know, we've gone over a bunch of times, uh, the reviews help a lot. When you turn on iTunes and there's and you hit podcasts and there's a whole bunch of Ones that you recognize right up front, you know, it, it the reviews we believe is what pushes our show to the front, where it's been a few times and we see results. So, always appreciated. For sure, and you never know when we'll pull something out of the prize closet. So, the iTunes reviews seem to be an easy target for, uh, for giving away things, so... It's been a while since we've kind of thrown something out there, so I think maybe maybe during the Daredevil stuff we'll we'll gear something up. I, I think there's some goodies we got laying around. I think we got another Guardians of the Galaxy code somewhere that we we can we can toss in at some point. So keep keep an ear out. Definitely. 
Um, I guess the only other thing I really had is uh, the Avengers. So it crossed 1.3 billion worldwide and 900 million solely international. Wow, just crazy. Not quite. It's it's catching up to a the first Avengers, but b it's also catching catching up to Furious Seven, which who would have thought that would have been a billion and a half dollar movie? But um, not not that I'm griping, but just kind of funny how that franchise has, has grown. Um, yeah, really. Yeah. But it's, I mean, Avengers Age Ultron, strong domestic too, 428. So it's definitely the highest grossing movie of the year. It, it definitely passed up by, I think by the end of its run, it'll do about a hundred million more than Furious 7 did in the U S. So it's uh, still hanging on. I haven't, my wife, uh, I haven't taken my wife to see it yet. And so we're, we're dying to, to get to, to check it out. So, before we wrap this up, do we want to do the possible real spoiler? Yeah, yeah. So this is this could potentially be a pretty big spoiler. Um, so yeah, so if you don't want to hear what it is, then uh, thanks for listening and uh, come back soon. Like I said, I th- I'm pretty sure we'll have Daredevil stuff next. So uh, take it away, John. Well... It seems that uh, there are some clues as to uh, what will be going on with the Hulk uh, in the future. I'm guessing they mean for which movies? Civil War? Yes. Uh, We know that the actor for General Ross, whose name is what, Russell? William Hurt. William Hurt is back uh, for Civil War. He has a role in Civil War. We know that our Green Hulk is floating sadly uh, in space or in the air or has sent himself somewhere. So a bunch of people, including the MCU exchange guys, have connected the dots a little bit. Um, Now, there is also a rumor that, I guess this is the third piece to the puzzle, that there will be a big fight between two Hulks? And an Iron Man, Iron uh, a Hulkbuster armor, is now, that think, what the? Yeah, the Red Hulk and the Green Hulk would fight, and that the battle would be bigger than the one between the Hulkbuster and the Hulk from uh, Age of Ultron. Okay, so they all right. I guess my my big reveal was that it would be the Red Hulk, who is in no, fact sorry. General Ross. But I guess there was rumors that there was going to be an even bigger Hulk fight. Uh, for Civil War, and then you put two and two together with William Hurt being on board, and, you know, I guess there is a possibility of there being the Red Hulk, which Red Hulk is pretty awesome. Uh, he, what what was it that powered him? Because he could, like, get even stronger. I don't, was it anger, or was it something else that made, that, that powered him up? So when when he gets the angrier he gets, the hotter he gets. So he literally exudes heat and radiation when he gets really really mad. Yes, that's that must be what I'm thinking of. So he becomes almost like a radiation bomb as well as yeah, you know, a destruction machine. And he's a bit of a jerk. Yeah, he's he's like all the bad of Ross's. So it's funny because he retains more of his personality and um, faculties when he transforms than than the Green Hulk does. Like he he has all his wits about him and you know can con- converse and all that kind of stuff. And 
magically his mustache disappears, which I haven't quite figured that out yet, but whatever. Right. So, I mean, that would, that would be an unbelievable, like, uh, if they ever showed any inkling of that in like a trailer or anything, I would be so ticked off. Yeah, that needs to be, yeah, that's something that should be revealed on screen. But it's, it's interesting because they, of all, so the, when they listed everybody that was showing up in Civil War, Hulk and Thor were the two that were left out. So if they end up, well, I, we know Thor is out, but, but if, so if Hulk ends up showing up, I guess, I guess they could have Hulk without Ruffalo technically, but, um, uh, but I don't think Ruffalo, Ruffalo has not been cast in Civil War. So this is interesting. Unless, uh, well, it's weird because Hulk is gone, but maybe Ross, maybe they weave the Civil War fight into somehow Ross giving himself the gamma radiation to combat superhero, you know, superpowered people or. Sure. Kind of like what he did with Abomination. It's just instead he just decided to do it to himself. So. Right. Right. So maybe he's on the side, you know, he's on the registration side. Sure. Obviously, being a government like military guy or whatever, and tries to make himself into a Hulk to combat the superpowered people, and maybe it doesn't come down to the Green Hulk coming back and fighting him in this movie, but it could be something for Civil War that works and a future showdown. Uh, that'd be crazy. Imagine a Hulk movie that was like that had two Hulks in it. Crazy. We can hope because everything we want, Marvel makes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Just give it enough time, it'll be there. If they have the rights to it, they'll throw it in. <laughs> yes. And sometimes if they don't have the rights, they'll find a way to throw it in. Yes. A la Spider-Man. We will back up a money truck to your door and buy it back. Yes. Yeah, I think, not to get too far down that road, because we're running a little long, but uh, I think if this Fantastic Four movie bombs... Then I think Fox says, you know what? I think we will call it a day. I think we'll focus on the X Men characters, and uh, we'll let you, you know, for a fee or, you know, whatever percentage or something like that, we'll let you have these guys back because clearly we don't know how to to do something yeah. with them. And and not that this should affect anybody's uh, choice of of going to see it or not, but there have been some screening leaks of. Fantastic Four that are not kind. Yeah, I, I mean, the more I see the, I, I'm opening up. I'm, I've been one that I really want to reserve my comments until I actually see it, and I'll, I'll definitely go see it. Um, but it just, I, I'll paraphrase you a little bit, John. But I think you said at one point whether whether you want this out there on the podcast, you could edit it out if you don't. But you could have a dark and gritty Batman movie, and that's great. But you can't have a dark and gritty Superman movie like that doesn't work. Um, and I kind of look at that with the Fantastic Four, like you, you can, there's a lot of stuff you can do dark and gritty, but the Fantastic Four, in my opinion, needs to be lighter. Um, it needs to, you know, be about family and, and that kind of thing. And I just don't get that from this one. So yeah, the best Fantastic Four movie is called The Incredibles. Exactly. Yeah. Which we're getting a sequel to, uh, in a few years. And to me, like, I don't really have a connection to the Fantastic Four. I was never into those comics. Obviously, I know the characters from 
other stuff and the cartoons when I was a kid and things like that. But to me, it's just, it's a sci-fi movie. Like, it's already not the sure. Fantastic Four. It's just a sci-fi action movie. And I might be able to enjoy it for that. Um, you know, it looks, some of the stuff looks really cool. Yeah. But and I mean, trailers they... are, if you can't make a good trailer, you know, yeah, you should not be in the trailer business or the movie business for that matter. But yeah. And they, it's funny because they put it on the blocks like 2017 for the second Fantastic Four movie, but which I think is a little, um, ambitious, ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think if this movie doesn't make, I would say 500 million worldwide. And I think that's on the low side but if it if it doesn't make between 5 and 700 i think fox just says you know what we're we're not putting dumping any more money into this thing and right. and they you know you know 10 or 20% of a billion is is a hell of a lot more than you know risking it all on you know 500 million after it cost you 200 to make it and another 100 to market it and everybody's percentage and points and everything else so agreed It'd be interesting I'm okay with Fox keeping the X-Men stuff. I, I just think, I, I think part of the problem with, if you give it all back to Marvel, then it's like, it's so overcrowded. It's, you know, it's like, you'll never get a movie based on the characters you like, because it can only put out so many movies a year, and there's only so much space on the calendar. So, you know, if you don't spread it out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just do a good job. Yeah, Fox, exactly. Fox is doing a good job. I mean, there yeah. were a misstep or two. You know, X3, I guess people would say was a misstep. Sure, uh, yeah. I actually liked the first Wolverine movie, so... Yeah, I, uh, I don't bag on it as, as much as everybody else, but yeah. So... Anyway. Excellent. All right. I guess we're good. I'm good if you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely good. I think, uh, like I said, we kind of cleared out some, you know, got some feedback in and got some news done and uh, got kind of cleared the decks that way, so... Hopefully next week we can get our collective stuff together and talk some Daredevil. Sounds good to me. In the meantime, visit uh, the MCUExchange.com and uh, check us out on Facebook and Twitter and all those links and everything will be in the uh, notes on the MCUExchange.com article for this show. And, uh, of course, iTunes reviews, again, are awesome. Uh, you can visit the Patreon. It's all connected slash Patreon. Nope, pa patreon.com slash it's all connected. Yes. <laughs> That'll work better. And uh, perhaps donate a few shekels to uh, help keep us running. I know I'm, I'm waiting for the Newsarama checks to start rolling in, but I actually opted for the intern again rather than the pay. Nice. So, yeah, we can all use an intern. Absolutely. See you soon. Take care.